What is up, Dallas lovers, MFFLs? Today we got a very special guest on. We got Kirk Henderson, writer, head in chief for Mavs Moneyball. If you don't know him, uh, if you're a part of Mavs Twitter, he's the guy on Twitter with the monkey profile picture. You'll definitely know what we're talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, free agents, you know, Mavs offseason stuff, you know, maybe see if they can move into the draft. Uh, you know, just just dive into some potential maps moves. So we're recording this pod on Sunday night around seven o'clock, and we tweeted out our play. So if you have our notifications on to follow our Twitter, you'll definitely see it there. But we were taking Slovenia minus six, um, which is minus 110. Two units. We're locking in. Two units, both of us. Uh, It's very much a homer play, but the Slovenian basketball team's been on a roll. Argentina's not as good as they have been in the years past. Um, Yeah, we've we've already seen USA lose, so. (laughs) Yeah, anything can happen. Maybe we have a... There's, what's his name? Goran Drodic's brother in Slovenia. Zoran. Zoran, yeah. Maybe he drops a 20 bomb. You know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Mike Toby We're, hits four or five threes. <laughs> yeah. We we expect big things out of Luka, you know. No more exhibition. It's game time. We think they can win a game by seven. Yeah. And honestly, 49-year-old Louis Scola. <laughs> That's your most terrifying. prominent player. Yeah. Not too terrifying. <laughs> I wonder how many Olympics he's played in. A hundred. <laughs> Around there. He's played in like 12 different Olympic games. <laughs> hey, he, he won it in 2004. So. Yeah, hey, no, hey. Yeah, but they also had, that was also like in his prime when they had like Manu. Yeah, but like, I mean, that was Manu's ring. He might have even, even played in 2000. You know, like just on the roster. Yeah. yeah, take, don't, 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 we're not telling you to take him, but we'll advise you to take. Slovenia minus six. We're locking in. So yeah. we're going to move into our conversation with Kirk Henderson. Hey, Kirk, thanks so much for joining us today. So who do you work for and what do you do? Hi. Uh, so my name is Kirk Henderson and I write at MavsMoneyBall.com. I am ostensibly also editor in chief, but, uh, you know, being the boss is no fun. So sometimes I forget that I'm in charge. Um, I've been doing writing stuff particularly Mavs things going on 2013 is like the first year I started doing it. Um, you know, it was on the internet way too much following my first job in 2006 and then just sort of, uh, fell in at one time when I was writing for the now defunct, or, uh, I was following the now defunct two man game, which was Rob Mahoney's pod for the ESPN true hoop network. And I was like the only person who left comments and he was tired of writing all the game stuff himself and asked me if I wanted to help out. And then that led to me also writing at Mavs Moneyball and just have kind of hung around. I didn't really, don't really have any aspirations to do it for a living because it's, um, it's way too much work. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of want to, you know, do basketball stuff for fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of how we feel too. Like I, we have a website and Jake just put up an article and it took him a while to write that article. Yeah, longer <laughs> than I thought it would have. Oh yeah, and I I had I had my first kid in 2016, and like any ability to think like critically and then 
process that and then get it onto paper was is I just can't do it anymore. Um, I can talk fine, but like the ability to, it's like what you know Bill Simmons talks about this, like where he stopped writing and now he just can't do it anymore, which is ridiculous for a guy who was like that. But I don't know. Sometimes I try now and then whenever the 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 mood strikes. Mood draft is coming up in just a couple of days now, so not not even Mavs related, but. If you've got your eye on anybody, someone you think that's going to surprise the class, be the best player in the class, any of your uh, favorite draft pro- draft prospects you want to talk about? So I've been sort of obsessed with uh, Usman Garuba for like three years because he's just a Tasmanian devil. Um, one would have hoped at some point the Spanish player would have developed like some sort of offensive game that wasn't like putbacks. He doesn't really have anything. He's, I don't even know what he's going to be in the NBA, but I've just, when I first saw him a couple years ago, he's a pretty good passer. He's got like aspects of, uh, of Draymond Green to his game that I think are really fun. And then he also just plays really hard all the time, which given with what I've seen with the Mavs with some of their guys, Seems to be an issue, so I just I don't know. I like guys that are that are kind of like nuts like that, and he he struck me as one. But in you know like following the the you know the draft based stuff, though he hung around for a while, he's he seems to have like really fallen to where I don't even know. I mean, I'm scrolling through some some big boards now, and I'm like I'm not even seeing him on some people's stuff, which is I don't know understandable. This is a pretty I, I know that like the top five to six seem to be pretty. Um, there's kind of a consensus there, but I think there's like a lot of depth. Like this is a very annoying time to not have a draft pick. Cause I would have loved yeah. to have spent way yeah. too much time following all these guys. Um, I also like that dude. What's, what's his name? Oh yeah, here he is. Joshua Primo, just because I love the name Primo and, <laughs> and he just a big guy, big guard. I don't know. I, I, I like him. Those yeah. are the, I've, I've studied, I've, I've kind of, Fallen into the trap of of studying the people who the Mavericks might have been able to draft, which is somehow I don't know. It's probably not the wisest decision, but that's that's kind of where my head's been lately. Yeah, because isn't a uh, Aruba doesn't he have like an NBA body too? He is like the so the Spanish team plays in the same group as as Luca's team for right. Slovenia. So if you feel like staying up to the middle of the night to watch them play, you will get to see him play. Um, and he is, he is a, he is a man and he's actually kind of younger. I can't, I want to say he's only like 19. Um, and he's, he's just been on the scene for a while and he's very, he, he's, he's, he's just, I don't know. I, I saw Space Jam 2, uh, with my son a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's, he's 19 until March of, of next year. So he's like a young 19 for, oh, for one yeah. of these, dra- you know, the, the Jason Tatum young 19 thing. Right. Um, he, he's, he's very much going to be there at, and I have, like, this horrifying feeling that he's going to get, like, drafted by the Lakers because what he really is, he's a defensive specialist. Um, because he's he's only 6'8", I think he could guard wings but also guard at the rim. Like, he's really strong. And so he's just one of those guys that I just uh, – I, 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 I've loved overseas players just because the following their development and path is really weird. It's just so much different than the NBA-based stuff yeah. where it seems that, that the American prospects – with some exceptions, you're kind of following certain people the whole time. Yeah. Do you think yeah. uh, in when they played USA in that exhibition the other day, you know, he's not he's obviously not like a box box score guy, but mm-hmm. 
Did you get to watch that game? Because I didn't. I didn't because just with all this move and stuff going on, I find if I – these games are always going on at the worst possible time for me, and I don't want to ask my wife. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it seems – I don't know. It. I didn't see anything bad nor good about him. Just like that was kind of one of those, you know, just it was the game where the United States finally looked okay. Uh, yeah. But the Sp- Spain is just such a – I mean, Paul, Paul Gasol's playing. He's like 41, so that yeah. just kind of shows what's happening. There. Yeah. I think Rubio had like 23 points or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy that like you see a player in the NBA and you think like, oh, like they don't really score that much, and then you see him go play for their country and like they have a bigger role, and it's like the, the defense is harder, but they can still put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Fournier today. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Example. Yeah, yeah I was. Seeing USA lost, that was pretty shocking, especially when it's in, like, group play, like, group stage. Sure, um, sure. But, yeah. Do you – so, following with the Mavs, do you think the Mavs move in to the draft, whether that's, like, somewhere in the – I know, like, moving up into, like, the lottery would be difficult. Like, you obviously have to move KP. But, like, maybe, like, a late first round or second round or maybe even up into the lottery. I would be psyched if they got into it at all. Like, even – even in like the 40 to 60 range where they have some ownership over who they get to select as opposed to waiting to, you know, uh, the, the post draft where they can pick up these guys and perhaps sign them to, to different length contracts. I just, I, I hope they do something because, you know, Donnie Nelson and, and I didn't really even understand this. There, there's a trade that happened in 2000 where he moved up and, and gambled a ton of capital to select four different players and absolutely none of them panned out. And after that, you see pretty much for the rest of his tenure with the, I guess the exception of going to get Devin Harris and then Jerry Stackhouse for, for Antoine Jameson, the Mavericks never did anything in the draft that was worth a damn for, you know, they lucked into Josh Howard, which is, you know, great luck. I'll take it in 2003, but I can't think of, you know, I mean, Ronnie Bobois, I guess, but even he, you know, didn't, he didn't fit the timeline well enough. He was also kind of a pansy until he went back overseas. And now he's like, he's he's like a pretty solid player right now. And I don't know, it's, it's, I I hope the new front office values draft a little bit more. I think that, that part of it is also Mark Cuban, who doesn't have patience, but you have to have these guys on, on, on rookie contracts that are, of value, like where you can project something going forth for them to, to have them as an asset. I mean, this is the thing that I make fun of all my Laker fans friends about all the time where they like obsess over, over, over Kyle Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker. And it's like, but you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like, why are you talking about those people? Like you need to have, if, if you can get, or at least to like mix it up within your roster now and again, you have to have those younger guys to, to, potentially be considered assets so i do hope they they do something i would love it but something tells me well i move in on that that's the day i move into my house so that would make sense if they do something on the time when i'm really not allowed to yeah like where i won't be paying any attention for the first time in four years that would make sense (laughs) yeah it's like a major draft trade they somehow get into the lottery and you find out two three hours later right but yeah i think I definitely think, like you said earlier, like this draft class is really deep. Like there's the top like five or six, but there's just like a lot of talent out there that could be great in the NBA and some might pan out. But I definitely think they should start getting some guys on some rookie scale deals that so that you can like build your team. Like you saw the Hawks 
mm-hmm. and you've seen the Suns. They have a lot of guys on these rookie scale deals, and like they were able to contribute in some sort of way. And like obviously those guys were higher picks, but it just goes to show. Yeah, I mean, if you let's just like I, I get, we got into a big argument in the Mavs Moneyball Slack about this the other day because uh, I, I made the statement that I thought you know even Cam Radish, who has not been particularly good in his first you know couple of years in the NBA would be of value to the Mavericks, and a couple of our staff disagreed with me. But my my point wasn't necessarily about Cam Reddish. It's about having guys on your roster that aren't ne- entirely known quantities. Where you look at uh, Trey Burke, for example, you know, nobody wanted him. He wasn't on a team. Right. So, so you just need some some things moving forward. And, and the Mavericks, it's, it's less about the KP trade for me than it is the fact that the Mavericks fell from three to five in the 2018 lottery. Moving out of that draft pick and then also having to send two for KP, uh, that just they're they're so boxed in with with what their options are. And it just gets really frustrating because a lot of us want to make want them to make something out of nothing or sort of figure out what to do with the free agency point. But. I've just, you know, always thought that at least the most straightforward, I don't want to necessarily call it easy, but the clearest path is is some sort of player development with within uh, drafting as opposed to constantly having to hope for, for free agency, you know? Yeah, and, like, I also think some of that had to do with, like, Rick also. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen those rumors of Indiana trading uh, 13 for 24 and Eric Gordon. Like I've seen like a ton of rumors on like my Twitter line, like it's been discussed, and I was like, yeah, it's a classic Rick move. Like he doesn't want 13th pick. Like he wants a guy who's going to be able to play now, yep. like a late first rounder. So yeah, yeah, and and just to, I mean, kind of like what you were saying about Cam Reddish. You know, those guys are sort of like unknown. Kind of like I wonder what people, what people outside the Mavs, like other fans, think about Dorian because he's kind of someone like that. Even if he's, you know, because he's just, in, like, even if it's a little bit, he's just gradually improved a little bit every single year. Yeah. You know, he was, like, a pretty much 40% three-point shooter and a fine, you know, not a lockdown defender by any means, but he's fine. I feel like if you can just find guys like that in the draft, just get, like, two or three of them, like DeAndre Henry, Cam Reddish, and mm-hmm. that adds up a whole lot. Yeah, it's bites at the apple. It's it's bites at the apple and not constantly having to hope on best possible outcome in a seven game series where you have a completely mismatched team against the Clippers and you just need that one more outlier performance and they can't find it. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of been the team building strategy going back for, I don't know, years and years, because if you have the superstar, then it makes a lot of this stuff easier. But I think a lot of what Dallas does is they make an already difficult process more difficult by limiting themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of moving into free agency. Uh, not Maybe not the greatest free agent class ever, but <laughs> there's a lot of promising names. Uh, just who are a few free agents, you know, maybe besides the Kawhi's or the real mm-hmm. obvious huge names that are uh, sort of at the top of your list? Well, the one thing that gets me yelled at the most is I really like Alex Caruso. Um, I don't think he would be able to get away with near the murder that he does as a, as a Los Angeles Laker because they just <laughs> their whole defense is built upon fouling you to death and hoping that the refs would call it. But in terms of just a, a reasonably okay backcourt mate, 
I don't know if I don't know if he could ever play starter level minutes. Like he only plays like twenty minutes a game. I, I like him. Um, and I should just I, I should have had some of the stuff up with like the hoops hype, like free agency list because I go through this like every couple of days and they're like staring at people. Um, let me see here because there's different because it, it's like when you group them out um, into into to who they ought to be. It's some, like the forwards are is or it's kind of the position that I'm really looking. Um, the most into um, because I, right and it, it really is and but at the same time is is like is there guys who I think you know could could be at least okay given you know the opportunity to play with somebody like Luca where you you kind of get down the list and it's a little bit dicey like Norm Powell is somebody that that people seem to like because they're not sure if like Portland's gonna be able to pay but I just think I think he's gonna be too expensive also think he's kind of small uh, yeah. I don't really necessarily see what he helps um where are we? Where is just like we're getting into kind of the the uh, I do like Will Barton up in Denver, but I, I think he might end up being too pricey. I also think he might just go back to um I also think he might go back there. Yeah. Uh, ooh, you see, the restricted free agents are the ones that really tease me the most because they never seem to leave leave their teams. Like I really like Josh Hart. You know? Yeah. I do too. He's I mean, like he's an underrated like rebounder. Eight rebounds a game. Like, what yeah. in the world is that? Yeah, is especially from a guy who can play the mm-hmm. two and the three. Like, getting eight rebounds a game from like two or three. Like, very yeah. part of your KP's rebounds would go to six a game if we got Josh Hart. <laughs> I'm really terrified we're going to end up with Danny Green two years later, which is not something <laughs> I'm really looking forward to. Um, I wouldn't hate a, a shot at at uh, Batum after the season that he had. You know where he was. He's yes. a big guy. Um, he, he also wouldn't be asked to do very much, which I think would be nice. Um, so, like that's that's kind of like the the wing range of of guys that that are people that are sort of interesting to me. I know that there's a lot of guards and centers that are tied back to Dallas, but I'm not necessarily. Sh- I mean, I, I guess I'm sure why because they they need a secondary ball handler, but I just can't get past the fact that they couldn't guard anybody. And and yeah. if you're gonna ever play in the the playoffs, you need somebody to do something, and that's where it's like any sort of six seven ish wing is at least somewhat interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you is Otto Porter someone that interests you? Like, I like him as an idea, but not yeah. Like, so like we uh we did like a free agency big board, and we have like a whole list of like we call them like big wings. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and like it's like the C list, like the veterans or like bargain deals. We had like PJ Tucker. Trevor Ariza, Otto Porter Jr., Jeff Green, Batum, and Torrey Craig. Mm. And, like, not that, like, we obviously, like, I don't know if there's interest there or anything. We were just listening. No, but that's, that's the range, and that's the kind of guys that you got to talk about. I mean, I know yeah. some people just really love talking about the big names. I'm like, I don't think that, that like, that's not a thing. We need to be talking about these sorts of guys because that's what's going to happen given the roster that they have. Um, as far as other free agents, I, I – secretly hope that there's like a Goran Dragic deal on the table just because uh-huh. I think that he fits with Luka, not just from a like a countryman standpoint, but I think their games pair well. And I think that if you could get 82 game season, if you could get 50 games out of him, I think that elevates the Mavericks, also elevates Luka because Luka's biggest problem at, for anybody that watched every single game is there were just games where he clearly didn't give a shit. And uh-huh. Jason Kidd is one not going to deal with that very well, given some yeah. of the stuff that he did, and two, he also needs sort of that veteran buffer. And I think the drag, dragic, uh, 
who who by all accounts from from Slovenians is a bit of a lunatic in that he plays himself so hard that he ends up hurting himself. And so I think, you know, just like him being able to be like a third or fourth option would be cool because he's a really good, but could also kind of inspire Luca to to play when he doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Goran Dragic is probably the only player on the planet that Luca would like listen to. That's not a bona fide superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I truly can't think of anyone else. You know, I think he would tell KP to shut up if he was trying to tell right. him anything. Or because even when know. he's bad, he's still better than the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By far. <laughs> and like even just like not this past playoffs, but like in the bubble, like his game elevated. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's a like second or first leading scorer on that heat yeah. team up into the finals. And my, uh, my theory there is because, and I'll just phrase this delicately, during the playoffs he was not being a 20-something in Dallas, and he was completely locked into his job, is what I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's just so good, and I think it, the game got a little boring for him at times. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if they want Josh Richardson, he can go back to where he had felt. And we'll we'll a take second. a yeah, well, I'd love – see, I'd love Drogic on, like, a more long-term deal. Not, like, long-term, but if they decline that team option, he's like, I'd come to Dallas for maybe, like, a cheaper than $20 million for, like, two, three years. Like, I definitely would prefer that route if we were going to get Drogic. Just because I wouldn't want him to take $20, $20 million of the cap space because then that kind of just ties your hands. Mm-hmm. Unless you can – really move off something else besides Josh Richardson. Right, right. And I, I kind of think their fridge is all just a weird because Tim Hardaway Jr. dictates a ton. And, you know, there's there's a report today, I guess, from Shams that, that the Mavericks have made him a priority. And I I don't really care what Shams has to say about Dallas. Uh, Mark Stein seems to think that there's definitely a lot of interest. But I if, if he's their offseason, then that's – then they're rolling. Then they're rolling back the same team. Is basically yeah. what's going to happen, and I, I just can't see that happening. It not for the third straight year. You can't have six of the same, or you know, seven out of the the top nine be the same for three straight years, and and, and expect to have any sort of different result. I mean, I do understand they made it to seven games, and I do understand that that they probably thought that they might be a top four seed if not for for um, COVID, but. I mean, the Warriors are going to be healthier next year. Like other yeah. teams are going to be better. Like the sometimes the the, Ma- the Mavericks seem to very much operate in this zone that other things aren't happening around them, and they're just like a steady progression up. I don't understand why. Yeah, it's I think the West is going to be so interesting, especially like the Warriors coming back. Like if Kawhi comes back by playoff time and the Clippers are in, like that's going to be like a lower seed most likely that can make some noise. Like Jamal Murray will be back. And, like, who knows what the Blazers are going to do. Maybe they get somebody, you know, right. like work something out, get somebody else. Like, they elevate. And, you know, the Suns, maybe those guys just progress just enough, you know. And like, I mean, they, they kick the mat. Like, the, the weird secret for, like, five years is that the Suns kick the Mavericks' asses. It doesn't oh, really matter who was on the team. Oh, yeah. We, me and Jake have talked about it so many times. The Suns just – if the Mavs are playing the Suns, don't go to the game. I think they're like one and eleven in the last twelve or something. It's like so that. wild. It's so wild. I because they're. I remember it's kryptonite. 
I remember like like the first Hawks game where the Mavericks played Trey Young like back in rookie season, Luca's uh, rookie season, and they got up by like a million points, and then they lost the game because it was like at Disney World for this. I remember being like really upset while while at Disney World, but the Suns just kind of constantly seemed to own Dallas and. I don't know. That, that's just a really good example of a team that even if they were grass, they're still likely better than Dallas. Yeah. Like, all my friends were like, oh, like, dude, like, we take the seventh seed, like, we play Phoenix. I was like, no. I was no. like, no. Like, <laughs> what, got no, swept? Please, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we have – how would you feel how, – or how do you feel about, like, Rashawn Holmes or a player like that? So, I really love his offensive fit because I think the kind of – what he brings to the table on offense is the kind of shot that the Mavericks needed in the playoffs that they didn't get from everyone else. Like that weird little floater he has is so it's so cool. I just, I enjoy watching it. Um, and I, I, I just don't know about the defensive fit because Porzingis even let's just assume, let's just assume for the best and that he comes back looking a little better on his movement. I don't see how you play those two together. It's a little bit of my challenge. I'm not sure, but you know, I mean, it's just it's very difficult because I I just don't know what kind of defense that they could ever run if Porzingis is limited because he like teams just scored on him at the rim like he was not even there and that just that causes so many downhill problems I know some of it relates back to what I was mentioning about you know wing defenders earlier where I would like to see more guys around that protecting KP but I I just don't feel strongly about it. Yeah, it's like I don't know whenever you're looking at free agency and like I'm looking at like. Guys like Rashawn Holmes are like, like more pricey, like big men or something like that. Like it's like, well, you can't really play them with KP. Like you haven't seen it work, and it's just like KP is like the underlying question of like how the Mavs are going to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting because like if the Mavs go out and sign like Rashawn Holmes or something like that, and it seems like he's a priority. Like I don't know that. I think that kind of or it might go to show that like KP's. Like gonna be moved eventually, yeah, you know, or, or something like that. So, yeah, the KP stuff is just a strange because I think all of us sort of envision the fact that there is some kind of market for him just because he's big and he used to be good. But then you hear people, at least right now, and there's no like like there just doesn't seem to be any kind of market for him mm-hmm. um, at all, which is just so. Just it's just depressing because I beat the hell out of him uh, mainly because it, I sometimes don't think he's adjusted to the fact that his own body isn't hasn't you know isn't there and then plays like he deserves to be you know featured a little bit more. But some of this isn't his fault at all. And I don't know. Given a, I, I just don't know what sort of stretch it would take for the Mavericks to to find a trade partner for him. Um, how good would he have to play? And then there runs into the problem. Of you know when it got when they play so well together, uh, was like the Pelicans game I think where it was like it was like one of those high scoring affairs. Yeah, where, I, I know which one you're talking about. And it just is like oh well yeah this is why you have these two together because when it works it's so unbelievably good that you can't do anything about that. But it's just those kind of games are just it's not that they're few and far between it's just there's not quite enough of them. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah, and you know after the press conference, uh, Mark. I forget exactly what he said, but he basically said, you know, this is KP's first healthy offseason, all this stuff about him. He took a lesser role. So I think just starting from there, I'm just banking on us having KP going into next season. Because mm-hmm. Mark has talked about, you know, I don't want it to be Steve Nash 2.0. So I I think we'd have to get 
we would have to like rip someone off, <laughs> I think, to make a KP trade. I don't yeah, think Mark is going to risk yeah. anything. Yeah. And I, and I also think of like the free agent market, if it was a lot better, like I know it's like a projection, but the class next year, if that was this year, you could maybe even look at like a team that wouldn't ever get a guy like KP in free agency. And like if they have the cap space and be like, look, we'll dump them. Like we have like, I'm using like air quotes, like like a, we've talked to this person, like they're going to come. And like we just free up the cap space. But with this class being so weak, there's not any like, I don't know, like obviously like Kyle Lowry or somebody like that would be an upgrade. But it's right. like the age and stuff with the timeline, like it doesn't really like fit. But like if it was a guy like Zach Levine on the market and it was like, hey, if you can get the space, like I'll come to Dallas. Yeah, I would dump KP for a pack of potato chips. That's point. what they're going to need, I, I think, more than anything. And that's why I wish – sort of wish Mark Cuban would stop talking about how people want to play with Luka. Um, I think that might be true, but I don't necessarily know if people want to play with Mark Cuban. Uh, but I do think it's going to take that level of a player directing himself to Dallas. Um, and it might happen. Uh, who knows? It's just it's never, you know, we're kind of what we're watching right now at the Olympics is sort of a, a textbook example of why that might never be the case. Because as much as, you know, Luca is, is widely respected and feared, uh, you know, Bomani Jones talked talked about this in his podcast after I want to say it was after the Mavericks lost, but just talked about how there's sometimes there's lip service paid to 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 you know um, white basketball players, and essentially said that this is not that, and that he is he is dudes talk about him with with you know kind of the the re- reverence is not the right word, but it's just that sort of just you know the head nod type thing that that dudes are, uh, on other teams know that he how good he is, but. That's different than the camaraderie that forms during USA basketball, during AAU basketball. It's just not the same deal. I mean, I, you know, I, I think Giannis sort of ran into this in the finals, where you know his peers didn't really start talking about how good he was until after he had won the finals, which was not the case when you watch like previous marches and things like that. So it's I don't know. It's something to kind of keep an eye on over the long term. Um, but but in this short, you know, with where we are right now, I just kind of it's not like a sinking feeling because, you know, like what is the floor for the Mavericks? 500 basketball with Luca? Like they're yeah. still going to be good. It's a matter of how good. And and does he have the patience for the, the team roster construction? But, you know, hopefully everyone can just be honest with one another and say they tried something with KP. It hasn't worked, but they tried something with KP, which <laughs> is like, that's kind of Dame's whole issue up in Portland is he feels like they haven't tried anything. I'm yeah. not sure I agree with him, but at least that seems to be what he's saying. Oh, you mean yeah. Carmelo wasn't a huge move? Well, I mean, it's just like I, I wonder with like the Sun or no, not Suns to a certain extent, but uh, definitely with the Hawks, if the expectations that come with getting to the second round ahead of schedule are worth the long term stuff, because their owner basically implied that they didn't know if they were going to keep John Collins, which is just wild with how important he was to their success. Just like things like things break up teams that are on the rise faster than than, you know, what teams are just changing fairly frequently and you never really know what's going to happen next. So like that steady progression upwards can always take a step back at the worst possible time. Yeah. And like especially like with them going out and signing Bogdanovich, Gallo and then trading for Clint Capella and having like that, like 60 million dollars tied mm-hmm. up into like those three. Then you have Collins, Reddish, Herder, um, Hunter. And Trey, who all need to be extended within the next. And uh, the center. Yeah. Uh, is a six-pick. 
a Kongu. They all need to be extended within like the next. Eventually, year. right? Yeah. So like, it's all. I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm curious with like the Hawks. Like, obviously, like I'm a Mavs fan, but I'm curious like what they do going forward because you can't like you can't go that far into the tax. I mean, I see. To me, I this is where like the NBA has conned a lot of us. Like, I don't. The fact that we're like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, of course they can. These are super rich people. They should do it. <laughs> like, sure. Mark Cuban's tricked us all about this. He was doing it as recently as the, or, you know, way back during the Kobe Bryant amnesty that comments where he's like, well, I, you know, we just can't be doing this. Like, of course you can. It's not our money. You know, it's, it, I, I do understand that, that if it's within their finances, they can't do it every year. But if the goal is to build a winner and you have a winner, pay for a winner. And, oh, yeah. and that's what makes me kind of curious about what what sort of has happened with Dallas is I just can't help but feel that they never like they knew Lugo was good. But in 2019, in that free agency where they just didn't do very much, I don't think they knew how good they were going to be, mm-hmm. you know, or at least how good Luka was going to be. Because it's like you had one more player of that team in 2019-2020. Do they beat the, the Clippers? Maybe not, but... I don't know. It just it feels a little bit like a lost opportunity because these last two years with with Luca have been like you know and then like when Dak Prescott was on his uh, rookie deal before you have to pay him a million bucks, you got to maximize it. Yeah. So, moving on to some bargain names, I'm gonna throw at you, and then you just tell me like how would you feel if like the Mavs signed them? Um, they're a little different, but I have Toy Craig. That's the first one. I would like him, but he is probably one of the worst offensive players in the league. But he's a good, he's a great defender. He's a yeah. great defender. Sure. Um, Garrett Temple. Is a love it. Much older. That's a that's one I would love. I think he checks off a lot of boxes. Same here. Um, Alec Burke. Man, I've loved him since he played at the University of Colorado, but I just don't know. I just yeah. don't know. I would say, like, yes, but he strikes me as a guy that, that I would expect too much from, and he just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, it's just like, it's these, like, little spurts of, like, three minutes within yeah. a game. Like, or, like, not every game, but, like, three minutes within, like, sure. every few games that he just seems to be right. taking over. Um, we've already talked about him, but Batum? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I would, I'd love Batum. And then Jeff Green is another guy I had on there. I know Jake isn't as high on Jeff Green. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just going straight downhill now. It is cr- like Brooklyn. Sure. I mean, he could be the fifth guy, the fifth right, best where he's offensive not expected. player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't probably too it. expensive. I'm gonna guess, but I I wouldn't. I mean, it'd be something new to be mad at. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Just a, just somebody else to be mad at besides the same people every right. single year. Yeah, I just – I hope that, like, this offseason, like, getting a guy like – it doesn't have to be Batum, but getting a guy who gives the roster some flexibility, like, in the playoffs to be able to go small and, like, still be competitive is, like, not essential, but it's definitely high up there on my list for what the Mavs offseason needs to do on, like, a smaller scale because you can get those guys for much cheaper than, like, some of these, like, secondary ball handlers and whatnot. And if you add a guy and, like, it'll just give you some spot minutes, and I think that would have really helped against the Clippers. Instead of having to go Boban and KP, the two tallest players in the NBA, like, if you could go small ball for a little bit and you have a guy who's solid defensively, like, makes the right passes, hits the occasional three, and just, like, rebounds and plays hard, like, it'll do wonders for the team in, like, a playoff series. Right. 
no, it's it's little stuff. It's it's building towards something, and that's I don't know. That's why this last year feels so frustrating, I suppose, because it doesn't feel feels like I don't think they took any steps back, but there was just not much progression from a team sense. I mean, Luca is obviously. He showed up, and I don't ever really think he looked as physically fit as he as he did in his second year. But then he was he just showed so much of his skill in game in in, in season three, which is, is was fun to watch on its own. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he comes back in a better shape after playing in the Olympics. For that's kind of a good question because you you can let's say that they let's just say that they they get out of the group stage, uh, then he'll be playing basketball into the first week or maybe even the second week of august i can't remember the full olympic schedule um it's it's a long enough time it's uh, to where eh, maybe it's not even that long but at some point he is going to want to take some sort of break and and the 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 slovenians that talk to me seem to think that like when that man lets himself go like he really (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, how much time does he want to give himself to to relaxing before he starts training again? Yeah, yeah we saw that at the beginning of this last season. Right. I mean, what was that? Probably the first 15 games or so. Mm-hmm. He was ripping his hair out and shooting 4% from three, right. whatever it was. But yeah, I think this. I think it'll help. Uh, just barring any injury, pray to God. But yeah, so we made... A little one little fake trade and wanted to see how you felt about it if we traded kp and josh green and yes brunson sorry you didn't for, <laughs> for a bag of chips no for uh buddy healed marvin bagley and the ninth pick so is this sort of is i just don't think the kings would do this but I don't. I think I would too. I think I would just just for the sake of, of moving on from KP. I just think that's that's he just he's a time bomb to me, and it's not anything that's his fault. It's just it's big guys past their fifth or sixth season that haven't played a lot start to play significantly less. So I just getting out from under him concerns me. I know like Buddy Heald might might be the worst defender in the league, um, which is. I don't think a lot of people know, like the Kings defense was catastrophic in no small part because of him. Um, But he's just such a gunner. And I think Luca's a, you know, just a different kind of passer than Fox. So I think the looks he would get would somehow be even better. Um, That ninth pick would be what's it for me because it's just the the guys that are there. If that was something the Kings would be interested in, absolutely. Just, just for that alone. Yeah. And like, I, I obviously would do it, too, because, I mean, we made it. But, like, I could see the Kings looking at it as, like, look, like, we're not probably going to get anything for Bagley. Mm-hmm. You know, he played, like, 60 games and 13 and then, like, 40. Hasn't improved his statistical categories. Like, we went and looked at his stats. They're, like, the same stats every single year. It's, like, 14 points a game, like, seven rebounds, like, one or two assists. And then Buddy Heald, like, they have Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe they want to play him and Fox together because, like, Halliburton's six six, and like it'd be like their way of getting off Buddy, um, which they could probably get something better. But like the Kings also would never get a guy like KP, and if they did believe that like KP, um, like had a rough year because of like his knee, but like they see that like with a healthy offseason that he could be better, and then they yeah. take a flyer on Green, and then they have Brunson who's shown that he can 
I wouldn't say Brunson's because I'm not. I love Brunson, but I'm not super like high on Brunson. But he's a starter in the league. Maybe not for like a deep playoff contending team, but he's a great person to have off the bench. Sure, mine too. But yeah, that ninth pick would be super interesting because there, there's going to be a lot of different guys depending on how like seven, eight, nine go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, I've seen so many guys mock there in different yeah. drafts. And it's it's if there's anybody that they that that the Mavericks truly believed in. I mean that that would probably be the challenging part though is is you sort of assume that with the changeover in front office and you know probably some comings and goings of scouts and stuff like that. Lord knows that the Mavericks have done any sort of work on any on any of the draft picks. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like actual. Like they might have seen some things, but not like the actual work that. Right. Donnie and Finn or in the scouting department normally would do in the past. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting year this year. And I hope we do something besides just him because that'd yeah. be disappointing. And um, have you, do you have any feeling which way about the way Josh Richardson's leaning? And Stein thinks he's going to opt in, said that on a green room a week ago. And I mean, it just, I've always kind of assumed he would because, like, who is going to pay him money? I mean, yeah. He he was just probably given, now he didn't handle the ball as much as he wanted to, which I can understand, not getting enough of a feel, but he, he will never get shots like he got for Dallas ever again. He just won't. And he just wasn't able to convert. He also, did, you know, I, I don't agree with how Dallas used him defensively, but I don't see, you know, unless he was looking for some sort of long-term deal and thought he could get, like, part of a mid-level exception or something for a better team. I just don't know. Yeah. Because $11 million feels like a lot for him. But, I mean, $11 million, like, anything from, like, 9 to 12 seems to be that sort of sweet spot for um, – it, it, there aren't – that's just kind of a good area to have uh, contracts because people are either making 17 to 25 or they're making under 4 um and so it's like having guys in that area seems to be you know dallas has some and it's it's kind of nice where i think if a move does present itself they have a lot of okay players on okay contracts that are 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 of a good length yeah and i think i saw like a uh like a fake trade i think it was uh brunson um and tyrell terry there's Brunson and Tyrell Terry for Mitchell Robinson and our pick back. Yeah, I mean, what? And yes. Yes. Like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I don't, I don't think the Knicks say yeah, but I think if you had that pick back, like in hindsight, like now, but if you had that pick, you could do so much more with this roster with all the tradable contracts we have, and like, I think Max is at like eight, like Dorian's at four, like Powell's at eleven, mm-hmm. Richardson would be at eleven if he opts in, but. I mean, for for the the expectations, in my opinion, shouldn't necessarily be low, but I think where we're talking about is trading like player for like player on the market, you know, distressed assets or players that that could be good given the right, you know, or at least different given the right situation. And that's that's sort of what I'm hoping for is is anything along those lines where if you were to trade – you know, I I know a lot of people are really against the Eric Gordon, like like Eric Gordon, because he's owed a lot of money. But I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm just kind of to the point with this roster where I wouldn't. I'm trying to say yes to more things because in the past I've been very, you know, it's not like no, nobody cares what I say. Mavericks certainly don't care what I say, but I just 
I just don't want to watch this same group of guys again. It's terrible because no. I know a lot of people are really married to these guys. I just don't want to see the same, you know, seven out of the same eight rotation players. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it'd be rough to have to see that for another season, especially with the X, like when you have Luca, you like want to be competing for a championship, but with the roster, it's just not there. Yeah. And I, I would, I'm going to watch Tim Hardaway score 20 points one game and expect that the next game. And he's going to score a clean nine points and shoot like 21% from the field. And my hatred's just going to sure. rise back. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we really appreciate your time today. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, right. Yeah. Like spitting about free agents. Hopefully, hopefully we see some, Wash bombs about Dallas or even sham bombs about Dallas. Something. Anything, you know. Give me a, I don't know, cash considerations, something. <laughs> but, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. 